0: with the first pick and welcome back to another edition of the daft on draft podcast i am your co-host devin jackson joined by my other co-host Corey kennan and man we have a great great episode planned for today one of the premier positions in the 2023 class, the edge class, a uh, lot of, a lot of different styles, a lot of different rankings, and we'll get into that. But before we do that, Corey, how you doing, man? We're we're about a week away from Indy.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited, man. Uh, again, we were just talking off the air. NFL's got to come through with these. Uh these credentials that they're, they're kind of slow on, but I'm really excited to be there. Uh, I was uh, bummed out not to be in mobile, so it's going to be an opportunity for Devin and I link up. It's going to be an opportunity for me to, to link up with some other people that I've networked with in the industry. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, in addition to, you know, like getting to, getting the chance to ask these guys some questions, man, like that's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then honestly seeing the testing stuff too, is, is, um, is gonna gonna be extraordinary. I went to the combine. They had like a spectator thing in the twenty nineteen combine, and I went to that. Like I got I got tickets all three days, and I went to that. And like that was the beginning of some of this for me. It was like oh I can do this. This is fun. Um, I was like taking notes that they gave you a little pamphlet with everybody's names, and I was like taking notes as people were doing drills and stuff like that from the the rafters. Uh, and so that was kind of the start of a lot of this for me. So uh, that's always cool to look back on. But I'm really excited, man. Uh, jam packed episode. Uh, I'm ready to dive in, man. But um, yeah, we're we're there, man. Spring's right around the corner. It's like 50 degrees in Ohio in February, so I, I don't have anything to complain about today.
0: Yeah, man, it's 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 a great great time of year, especially because um, the combine is. We talk about like you know these all star games, really kind of starting the draft process. But I think it really, really, um, you know, kind of encapsulates the entire conversation because you're going you're going to have dudes that test out the charts, but their tape match and vice versa dudes that don't test as well like how do you sift through all that so it's gonna be a fascinating conversation during that week and then at the weeks after uh leading up to the draft but today as i alluded to we got the edge class and and man this is a, it's a special group uh just to, to start off the bat um we we know the guy at the top um should be a top three top four pick depending on how everything shakes out uh in the draft order and trades and whatnot but Afterwards, it's really, we talked about, you know, like receiver kind of being choosing your flavor, DB, but I think edge classes is, is probably the most prominent choose your flavor. You got power dudes, you got bendy dudes, uh, you got freaks of nature. So uh, I'm excited to get to dive into this. And, uh, you know, like, why don't we start off and, and talk about what, what do we see um, in or how do we evaluate these players because they're you know, this is gonna be different projections on what position they play. It could be a four three defensive end, it could be a three four outside backer, um, could be a, a stack backer situation where you you're asked to rush sometimes on third downs. So many possibilities. But Corey, what what do you uh look at most uh with with evaluating edge dudes or edge rushers?
1: yeah uh so again scheme fit is a big thing again you mentioned four three three four and uh, i take that into consideration when i'm doing mock drafts and things like that like is he a stand-up guy does he put his hand in the dirt blah 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 blah. but i don't really take that into consideration a lot when when i'm doing rankings um what i really when i when i think about versatility I, i i do i do include versatility in my rankings though and like can he play on three downs? Is he just a situational pass rusher? How is he against the run? Like again, can he set a strong edge? Does, is this a guy that has to come off the field in obvious uh, run situations, in situations, or is the guy that you just never take off the field? I think that's important when considering um, uh, how how to kind of lay out the land here. Um, but my my rankings are a little wonky compared to consensus, and I I started to like look at that and, like why why am I this far off compared to like where are any guys mocked. Uh, where am I, where I see guys like, uh, in people's big boards orders compared to where I'm at. And, and I think it comes down to for me is, and and one thing that I really, really, really prioritize because I think it shows up in how people win in the NFL level is if you don't have bend, I'm going to drop you a little bit. Like I'm going to, I'm going to knock you uh and I think it just kind of goes back to again how defenders are winning in the NFL level um and so like I, I went to PFF and I and I sorted by pressures like who had the most pressures in the NFL last year Micah Parsons Nick Bosa Hassan Reddick Max Crosby zadaria Smith Jalen da- or Jalen Phillips uh Josh Allen Daniel Hunter Trey, McH- Trey Hendrickson and and Miles Garrett were the top 10 guys Brian Burns is 11 Matthew Judon or Matthew Judon's 11 Brian Burns is 12 like all of those dudes can play outside of their frame. All of those dudes can can flatten tracks to the quarterback. All of those dudes uh have bend. They all have flexibility in their hips. So I can't ignore that trend. And and so when that comes to some of those stiffer, more vertical power rushers, like I, I can't ignore that that you're kind of bored. Like sure, you can you can win through the chest, but like can you cross face? Can you stunt back inside and take the inside track to force an overset? Can you Can you beat the out? Can you wear along the high side and take the outside shoulder of the tackle and flatten that track to the quarterback? Like, if you can't do that, like, I'm going to, I'm going to knock you. And I think that's justifiable. So we'll get to some of these, these power rushers that, that are really high on some, some people's rankings and why they're just not as high on mine. Um, but that's kind of a little bit about my process. I'm interested to hear about you.
0: Yeah. For me, um, I take Ben in consideration for sure. Um, I also like, Edge rushers that use their hands and use it mm-hmm. well. Um, and I tend to like guys that have longer arms that can have that ability to kind of control offensive linemen and be able to, uh, you know, like kind of redirect and, um, you know, really build off of just the speed to power or, uh, you know, like push, pull or, or dip, dip and rip or swim moves. Like I love dudes that can. They know what they're good at, but know how to kind of build off of that. So Ben is is definitely a part of my process. But I also recognize like you're only going to have a certain amount of time to get to a quarterback. So sometimes Mm -hmm. like with those Bendy guys, it could be like you can tell like they're going to try some things that they know they can do, but it may not always be the most conducive rush, you know, in that particular situation. So for Mm -hmm. me, it's like, I love dudes with power, with length, um, but you knowing how to use that, I think is even more important versus like a guy that's kind of a ball clay. That's just kind of out there and, you know, running through dudes, essentially. So Mm -hmm. for me, like, I, I know where the trend is going for the NFL and I know how important that is, but also for me, I I like physical dudes that that will get into your chest that will, you know, kind of cause havoc. They'll walk you back into the quarterback. Um, and I think sometimes that's a little undervalued kind of in the process. Like you, you want dudes that can that are freaky, that can, uh, you know, like like you said, flatten the edge and, and whatnot. But you also want dudes that if you need them to still cause havoc, because, you know, NFL is going to, to those quick game and, and finding the RPO success. Like you want guys that can can be able to disrupt uh, in the interior as well, and in, in the inside pass rush, and uh, you know, be a guy that a stout run defender. So, I value those guys uh, highly as well in terms of the profile, especially and, and just how how do they disrupt? And if it's you know, if you're a power guy, that's that's fine by me. But if you're disruptive on on running pass downs, running and passing downs, I think that that kind of weighs heavily for me. For sure, for sure. Like w- there, there's some guys that that like stood at the senior
1: bowl, and then I went back to their like during pass rush drills, and I'm like, man. And then I would went back to their tape, and it's like, but you're not doing that on tape, like. Eh. And again, I, I I think this is where it can get a little. I'm interested in your take. What would you value higher? A guy who would be a really strong two down guy, but in situational pass like obvious pass rushing situations might have to come off the field, or a guy that you would bring on in a pass rushing situation to pin his ears back, but but probably isn't the strongest against the run.
0: Um, I think probably the latter because I don't want to say you can coach being able to, you know, be on the field rundowns, but you can scheme that a little bit better versus like, if you've if you got to take you off the field, you know, third down situation, that's kind of what you're drafting to do for, you know, mm-hmm. like you want someone that gets after the quarterback. So if you don't have that third down presence, I think that that certainly hurts what you can do. And then like, it makes you a little bit more replaceable. I think I'm getting that versus a guy mm-hmm. that if you're a situational pass rusher, there will always be a job for you. Mm-hmm. Even if you bounce around a little bit, two down guys, like to me, it's like, it's not ideal Cause that's more, you want that more in your interior defense alignment, not a guy that is a, a, a defensive end or outside backer outside backers won't have that issue, but like a defensive end, like you want to be able to be on the field uh, on those, those. So I, I, I value definitely the the third down pass rusher versus uh, a two down guy.
1: I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you on that for sure. Uh but I'm looking at my rankings, and there's some guys that, oh, uh, no, I mean they're good power rushers. That's ah, fine. It's fine. So Devin, yeah. Without further ado, I think we should we should dive in, man. Uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, go ahead and go first. We'll again, like our other positional rankings, we'll go five through one. Uh, kind of talk it out. And again, because this is such a deep class, I do want to talk about these other guys, man. I I, I really yeah. do want to talk
0: about these other guys. So because there's a lot to talk about, but go ahead with five. Yeah, this one's a tough one for me because number five could have probably gone to three other dudes, um, just because they're just the and we we'll talk a little bit about this afterwards. But for me, number five is Nolan Smith from Georgia. Um, I understand he didn't play an entire season; obviously got hurt, but the film that's there, man, explosive, explosive, explosive. Mm-hmm. I I just kept writing that down when when I was watching him play. Just a guy that you're going to get a stout run defender off, off the bat. You know, someone that can can squeeze gaps, can uh, shoot gaps. Um, really, really flexible. And I was a little surprised by that. Because um, I, I was not expecting that from him. Because, like, you see kind of him flashing while you're watching other dudes like Jalen Carter and Chris Smith and other dudes on a Georgia defense, especially early in the season. But then you really focus on him. You see him be able to to bend around the corner and and close and whatnot. So the biggest concern for me was, you know, like you want to see the pass rush plan grow. And I think that Mm -hmm. would have happened if he played the entire season. You would have saw, I mean, Georgia probably would have blown out people probably more with him on the field. I -hmm. think they were certainly missing him because they just had some, Younger, inexperienced guys and some older guys that weren't necessarily bendy. But for me, like, I I just love what he was able to do, you know, off the ball, being able to to crash down and and just went on the outside track against against tackles. It it was really impressive for me. And it was just hard to stack him because, like, I think based on if you take his tape and compare it to the dudes I have ahead of him, it probably has better tape than maybe out of the the five guys I have, probably only one or two have better tape, pure tape, mm-hmm. but the injury you gotta take that into consideration um just a little amount of time he played in the season, the small sample size, so certainly translatable traits, and I think you know he's a player that really hasn't been talked about a ton either during his process and and I think he certainly has earned the um you know, the ability to be named as a top five edge player, because I think he's that impactful and, and that flexible and that physical. But now you want to see how healthy is it he going to be coming off the injury and just what he looks like. Is he still the same caliber athlete, athlete, which I expect him to be. But those questions just couldn't make him more than five on my list. But but certainly was was a fun evaluation. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Nolan Smith again. Again, he's one of those
1: guys that I'm a little offline with consensus on. Um, so we'll get to him for sure, but I, I love Nolan Smith. I think he'd be a tremendous player. Uh, I've talked to some people who say he is, uh, one of the more higher character players in the, in the draft as well. So, uh, an overall great teammate, great leader. He was a captain at Georgia. Um, so I, I'm excited to, to talk about him a little bit later on. Uh, but I'm going to start off my five with a bang of another, like with, a a pretty big wow of somebody that i just don't line up with a consensus on uh for for my fifth guy and is uh tyree wilson out of texas tech so again when we're talking about tyree wilson like i get it man the body type is unreal man unreal like he's a cyborg he's built in the lab. that's just let's call it what it is like they don't make guys like tyree wilson he was built in a lab uh and it shows it shows up in his explosiveness it shows up with his natural raw power uh it shows up with his arm length his ability to create a bunch of leverage points but it comes down to a couple of things for me. One, I thought he was a lot better when he was, like, 4 i 5 tech than he was at wide. Um, and so when we're talking about a true edge rusher, like, I I don't know if 7-9 is going to be favorable for him. Uh, because what it comes down to, again, is, if, like I, I hit on earlier, like, mentioning those guys who have the most pressures in the NFL, they all have bent. bend. And Tyree Wilson is stiff as a board, man. Like, he is... Again, there's you can you can win inside track, outside track, or straight through you. And I I don't think he has another way to win except straight through the chest of of the man across for him. And when he does it, he does it well. I mean, he's got a devastating long, long arm, he's got a devastating bull rush, but I don't see a lot of nuance outside of those two things. Uh he's gonna run well, he's gonna test well, which is gonna be great for him. And, and he's gonna go top 15. Like it, it just is what it is. So, like, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, the NFL's wrong on him and, and he's not gonna go first round. But, yeah, he's gonna go top 15. It is what it is. It's Tyree Wilson. But I, I think his pad level is a little high at times. I think because he is a little high hip, stiff hip, he he kind of neutralizes his own leverage points at times. Um, but again, he's got heavy hands. He's explosive. He's powerful. Um, he's got all the traits you look for, except for bend. Except for bend. So like, and because of that, I, I, I struggle to see like, if NFL offensive tackles, like watch tape on him and come to the conclusion, like I got to jump set this guy and drop anchor right away. Like, how is he going to adjust? How is he, what uh, he needs to add something else to his game to be able to counter that and to be able to uh, prove that like, that's, that's not the only way he can get to the quarterback. And so I think those are the kinds of things I struggle with, with Tyree Wilson. But again, traits are an man. Traits are unbelievable. And, and that's undeniable. So that's kind of where I'm at with Tyree Wilson.
0: Yeah. I'm a little bit higher on him than you, but I, I understand. I, I certainly understand because he I know we had Trayvon Walker last year, but I mean, he is probably. He's just really tough to figure out. Because like, you know what he's going to do. You know, he's going to bring. I'll talk a little bit about that later. Why he's a little bit higher for me, but. Just need something else there. There has to be something else there. Can't just be all power. Um mm-hmm. So number four for me is Miles Murphy from Clemson. Um and I was I loved his tape last year. And I thought he really explosive guy, someone that can win on the outside track, has a nasty long arm, um, and and just able to to finish. And and then this year, it's still the, the same type of player. But I didn't really see much of a pass rush plan. He's kind of like he's a really good run defender, someone that can can shoot gaps, that uh can hold his gaps, that can that can close down the line of scrimmage. He has it kind of is like similar to Tyree Wilson, like he has those those intangibles and tools that you look for, uh really built well, uh explosive guy. But for me, I just there was too many times I was watching this tape and it was like all right, give me something else besides like, you know, like trying to go through his chest or, you know, Mm -hmm. use a long arm to try and want an outside track. Um, He's like another one of those guys. It's like, you see the potential, you see the, the build, what he's able to bring to the table. I think he, he's a phenomenal athlete. I think he's going to be another guy that tests well, but there was something for me. It's like, I just didn't see him kind of take that next step to be, you know, dominant you know there were times like the nor Dame game for example like he had his moments he had some nice rushes but overall i just felt like if he was if he tried the long armor speed the power and it didn't work it was just kind of stuck and that's what kind of made it difficult for me because like he is he is the pro typical edge player that you look for size wise but mm-hmm. there were just something about his plan that it, it just wasn't much of a plan. It was like try to, to out athlete the guy. He wasn't like stacking moves and, and putting it all together. So that's what made it difficult for me and why I ended up at number four, which is surprising. Cause he's getting mocked in the top 10. Like he, mm-hmm. like I, I get it. Like he is the physical specimen that you look for, but he's another one of those guys. Like, I'm going to need a little bit more from you. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. the, the, the tools are there, the, the arm length, you know, the ability, the power, but I just didn't see him like stacking and, and and trying to, and and using that, the bend that I I think he has. So I, I, that's why I ended up number four for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, I am on board with all, all of the the, the things that you said about Al's Murphy. Um, and uh again I'll get to him a little bit later as we, we get to these rankings uh but my number 4 uh, is Nolan Smith. You you had him at 5, I have him at 4. Again, Nolan Smith is twitched up, man. That dude is like watching his tape and watching him uh, just like teleport gaps when he's crossing the face, watching that dude win along the outside track and flatten the corner. Uh, that dude is twitched up. His change of direction is electric. He can get down. He can get parallel in a blink of an eye, man. Like, it, 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 I was like, my like my eyes were popped watching his tape because he's, he's moving like crazy. He's, and uh, another thing about Nolan Smith that I that I like, even though he has got kind of a slender build, like that dude is physical. That dude can can play the run really well. He sets a wrong edge. He understands how to win with leverage with low pad level even if his arms are winches. So it's not like he's got these massive levers, but like he knows how to use arms to lock out blocker keep his chest clear uh and to win at the point of attack a strong run defender for that size. Top of all of the things he can do from the outside track and uh just using stiffer tackle and bending the edge so like again, I would like him to see a little bit more refinement out of his hands. I think he does just tend to tend to to his traits to get home uh that that bend uh get off get off um that get off to uh, to, to force um lots of offensive tackles back on their heels. But I, I do think he understands how to use lower half to set up pass rush plans when as in terms of like forcing an overset and stunting back inside um, or uh, forcing an underset, starting inside jabbing inside with that that tick off foot and then and then burning the outside track. I think he understands that. Uh, in terms of a pass rush plan, but I would like to see him in, incorporate his hands a little bit more. Um, a big knock I have is, like, once blockers get into his chest, like, I don't see a lot of hand replacement. I don't see a lot of ability to win back in positioning and and get hands out of his chest. Um, but Nolan Smith is my four, man. I, I love Nolan Smith's game. I think he's a first-round pick. Um, we'll see how the injury stuff clears, but on tape, man, that guy's a good football player, so.
0: Yeah, Nolan Smith is great, man. Um I don't think he should make it out of the first round, but if the medicals don't come back clean, I understand, but mm-hmm. very impressive dude. All right. Number three for me is a favor of yours, BJ Ojolari from LSU. Um, And I know he's, he's certainly probably going to be higher on your list, but man, uh, we talked about this probably like a month ago, but I finally got around to watching Ojolari and, Everything you talked about like earlier in in this podcast about Ben and you know how having a pass rush plan and flexibility and, and ability to win back inside. He he really checks all those boxes. Um guy that, you know, everyone knows the name, obviously, but he was a completely different player in twenty twenty two compared to twenty twenty one. Uh really filled out physically, um, was a guy that you know, we knew he was a, a flexible dude, but he also added the hand usage and ability to stack moves and, and get into the fe- the uh, chest of uh, offensive linemen and be able to bend and, and you know, ghost move. I mean, the, the endless possibilities like he probably, I mean, if you're looking at like pure pass rush plan and bend like. I think he, he probably has the best combination of the two in the class. Um, just how smart he is too with his pass rushes. Like he's not a guy that's going to give you the same look over and over again. He's going to win on the outside track and then come back, use a swim move to win inside track, then come back and use a ghost move. Like he's a guy that like stacks moves on moves on moves. Uh, and it's really impressive. And he was surprisingly uh, a really good run defender as well, able to set an edge, uh, wrong-arming uh, pullers. That's something I know. So there was a play against Tennessee where he got underneath a puller and then made the tackle. So, like, he's not just a dude that's going to be a situational pass. Rush. He's usually, uh a complete player. Um, and and I I just love this game. Um, I really don't have anything negative to say about him, to be honest. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that I did like about this game, but there, there's really nothing that I don't. And, and to me, the only thing that made him three was, you know, the first two guys just obviously. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil. Tyree, Tyree Wilson is ahead of him, you know, the the size profile and what I talked about, like what I like in dudes. That's what Tyree Wilson checks off the box. But Ojalari is incredible, man. Yeah, man. I, I again, spoiling for me,
1: he's two like. And I think I'm the highest I've seen anybody on Ojolari, and I'm okay with that. Like, It's, it's just, just a class where I'm going to bet on traits, man. And Ojolari is littered with them across the board. And, and I'll talk a little bit about him when I when I get to my number two. But, like, I, I don't know if you'll find somebody who's higher of EJ Laurie than I am. Um, And I think he's a tremendous player, man. I think he's tremendous. But uh, before we get there, my number three, Miles Murphy. You're number four. So, again, we've got all the same guys just jumbled up in a – uh, same top five, just kind of mixed around here. Um, I was a little disappointed in Murphy as well. Uh, the hand stuff is his twenty twenty one tape is good, man. Like his twenty twenty one tape is really good. But I, I felt like he kind of know, like entered twenty twenty two, kind of knowing where he he stood on the board. And uh, again, Clemson lost Brett Venables like that. That could have something to do with because Brissy, I think we talked about defensive tackles. Uh, Brissy kind of the same way, like traits are there but like what what happened on the field like what why did the production dip it the way it did uh and i you know the, the loss of brett venables could be a better than that but um yeah the traits are still there though again guys, that is just a freaking athlete. uh he's getting off the charts at his size like he he's and he's got an unbelievable first step he's got an unbelievable ability to convert speed to power so when he gets into a dude it's like he might have the best arm in the nation he might have the best long nation uh just because he's got your strength sheer power is lower half uh, to dominate with and he's got the tools of the half to to lever out and to, to to throw his levers around like crazy um and again and he can like it's pretty fluid for his size man like it's pretty crazy to see a guy like that move around. One area I was disappointed, but kind of a projection. I think he can slide into, like, 4-I-5 five, look five tech more than he... Like, he was exclusively an edge rusher, despite his size. Like, they didn't move at all. They didn't try to kick him in to, to win better matchups. They didn't do anything. Just stuck him on the edge and sit for it. So I think that's an area of his game that we might be able to project and say, like, ah, oh, he can probably do that based on his traits, based on his size, like... I didn't, he but in the NFL, they'd probably say, yeah, he's going to do that at this level as well. Um, so I like Miles Murphy Fools, like, they're reliable. He's a freak athlete, uh, an incredible body type. His name is him and Tyree Wilson are both do are are kind of built in a lab. Um, but what it comes down to why I still have him so far so high is because Edge is a position to bet on traits. And he does have nice ankle flexion and he does have nice fluid in his hips to to push the shoulder of offensive bowls. And I think that matters as I've, as I've talked about ad nauseum in this episode. So that's why I still have him three.
0: Yeah, like, you know, you, you stack it how you want, but but I think those guys like, you you see what makes them special. You understand like what the NFL values in, in those type of players and there may be some flaws, but, but I mean, the, 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 um, baseline is there for sure. Um, two for me, Tyree Wilson, uh, talked about a little bit already. I am just enamored with the, the profile, man. I, he was probably, I think he was like the fourth or fifth player that I watched when I was doing final evals. So maybe that that's, has kind of a bearing on there, on it for me. I think he was the first, the, or the second edge rush after Derek Hall. And you know, we talked about a little bit with Murphy. I think I think he has the the body type in um heavy hands to also reduce down as well into four eye looks. Um and and be able to win that way. Obviously there is just a lot that I don't want to say a lot, but there's a considerable amount of development you want to see in terms of Consistently using his hands because, like, you know, we know he has heavy hands. We know he can, can bull rush and knock dudes over. But how do you control that and make it a kind of a controlled environment and control movement where you use it to overwhelm dudes, but you use it also to win with leverage? And, and one thing that I just kept writing down was he plays so high. Like, if he played a couple inches lower or just, you know, bend down a little bit more the winds and the way he controls dudes, it it will be even more magnified. So I think it's a bit of a projection, hoping that he gets to that point, and I think he will. Uh, But but I'm in love with the profile, love what he's able to do, disruptive-wise, shoe gaps, uh, being able to reduce down the Baylor game. He did some nice things when he was reduced down and, uh, you know, head up over the guard and still able to, to, to cause disruption. So there are things there in place to, to say, okay, you, you know you can use him a little bit a little bit all over the defensive line, but how soon he's gonna be able to understand he can't just win with power. He's gonna to have to use his hands a little bit more, use the long arm, um, really start to kind of develop the the tool bag. But for me, the the talent and and the profile and, and everything around it was just too good for me to to have him uh anything higher than two. So that's what he ended up at two for me. Yeah, man, as I said, like I I
1: almost think that Wilson's better when he when he does reduce inside and and he's playing over the tackle at four eye or five looks. Like I almost think his better football is there. So but I mean I still think there's a role. Like a lot of those wide nine uh defensive fronts, teams that love that to run wide nine defensive fronts want want a big end opposite of, of that wide nine. So like he could fit that role and, and be a three down player there. So like there's obviously avenues for success uh for, for Tyree Wilson. So uh again we have the same five at different orders so like i no, there's not really much to argue back and forth like oh i just really don't see that that's it. it just kind of like pick your flavor uh and, and we've explained that our processes are a little bit different um and that leads me to two again bj ozolari uh out of lsu man like I, I love this player like there's one there's there's a few prospects every year that i just like latch on and like yeah this is this is my dude uh bj ozolari is one of those guys man like like he's, he's got massive arms. you mentioned the um, the body transformation stuff of, of, of the mass that he added to his frame. He got the 18 at LSU which which tells you he's a really high character guy. Uh, if you read up on him, uh, he's actually super super interesting like um, his grandpa was an artist I believe in in Africa and like a, a prince uh, I, hold on I gotta look this up because it's actually really cool uh some of like his story stuff um yeah his parents migrated from nigeria um and his his grandparents were um his grandpa was like an artist and musician who's really famous in africa um and again, his brother plays in the NFL, uh, second round pick in 2020. So he's got NFL pedigree. Uh, it's also a funny thing. He played right tackle in high school as well. So he's a pass rusher and he played both sides of football and played right tackle in high school. Uh, so I love that, that story as well. But for actual on the field stuff, like one, he's unbelievably explosive. Like his first step, his acceleration from zero to 100, uh, his ability to convert speed to power. So, again, we go back to the adding muscle. He's not just a, a thin dude. Like, he weighs 250. He, like, he's listed at 250 now. Like, that's that's not some small pass rusher. That's not like a 230-pound Nolan Smith. That's not like – you know. and, again, we talked about Nolan Smith is still good at that size. But, like, this dude built himself up, and it shows on the field. It shows in his ability to use his levers and set a strong edge in the run game as well. There's a clip from uh, the Alabama game where he's got, like – almost, he's got Tyler Steen, Alabama's left tackle almost off the ground, uh, while he's setting an edge, cause he's got such long arms and such great pad level that he's got him completely locked down. And it's like, uh, like your dad used to do when you were a kid where he put his hand on your forehead and, and he couldn't get to like, your arms are flailing in the air. Like, that's what it almost is because again, he's got these extraordinary levels, levers uh, and, and, and he knows how to, to, to anchor in and, and win with 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 this pad level as well, like he's strong. Like, again, he's not, like, going to provide movement in the run game. But, again, when he does get that speed built up, when he does get into the chest as a pass rusher, I think he converts speed to power really well. Um, his lower body lower body flexibility, like, might be the best in the class. Him, Nolan Smith, Will Anderson, like, those dudes can really, really bend it. Uh, Will McDonald, Andre Carter, sure, all those guys are up there with the ability to to bend but like Ojalari's a rubber band man like that dude can can take some real tight corners flatten some edges real fast unbelievable ankle flexion he plays outside of his frame at a, at, a, at a really high pace uh and i just don't think he's a guy you got to take off the field like i i i think as a 3 4 stand up rusher or something and, and in previous years where maybe he wasn't as rocked up as he is this year like you could come back and say, like, ah, I don't know that you might have to start that guy as a third down rotational guy, you know, bring him on and let him put his ears back. But like, I think he holds his own against the run. Like, uh, I'm really high on Ojalari. And I've heard some podcasts saying, like, oh, I don't think we're talking about this guy enough. I, I want to take it a step further. And I, I think I don't know if there's anybody not named Will Anderson better than this guy in the class. Like, I, I just don't know. Um, and in my ranking, there, there's not. And yours, there's one more. Like, you have it in three, but like, this guy is extraordinary. Like BJ Ogilari is extraordinary. So um his pro comp is gumby because that dude could just his hips can can bend side to side. It's just unbelievable. So uh very, very bullish on BJ Ogilari, and I could rave about him all day, man.
0: Yeah man Ogilari was was incredible this year. Um just I like you said, you know, like I don't I don't understand why he's getting mocked outside the, the first round and, and why people were a little bit Law on him because like I mean you watch I mean you can pluck any game but you watch the the marquee games like Bama you know Georgia Um, really those two games stand out but even Tennessee like he, he was doing some freaky stuff in all three of those games and it's the three of best games on the schedule and I mean he's playing I mean he, he made Broderick Jones look silly multiple times throughout that Georgia game so Ozolari getting out of the first round I I just don't see it man at this point at this point
1: i just like even in mock drafts i i unless i'm doing the mock draft i hardly see him in the first round though like i'm like what what am i watching compared to what you guys are watching that's so different that that this guy's not getting mocked in the first round uh it's it's baffling man like because i think he's extraordinary I think he's extraordinary i don't know man but I, I i hope you're right i think he's gonna he's gonna blow the uh, blow the doors off of of Indy uh, of Lucas Oil Stadium, Stadium in Indy as well, but like I I don't know how we're not talking about this guy yet. As much as I feel like we should be, like yeah, he's 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 pretty relatively known as a top fifty pick and, and pretty relatively known as like yeah, he's a second round pick. Like I think he's way more than that. And you like you have him three, so like yeah, I, I so that that was kind of like no first round hype is, is like, it's kind of weird to me for sure.
0: We'll see, man. All right. Number one, obviously, uh, both of us have, have the same number one guy, uh, will Anderson from Bama. Um, I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about him. Cause he, he checks every single box spills a run game. He was playing. I mean, he played a lot of four, I five technique at, at Bama. Like I, there's not enough adjectives to describe what he was able to do. Um, really over the last two seasons, but even this year as well. They they're sending double and triple teams his way. They're they're sending out chip blocks. They they're running the whole game with him. And like, look, I know like everyone like points out that rip that uh Darnell Wright had against him in in the Tennessee game, but Look, man, he, he got him more than a couple times in that game as well, too, with his bend ability, uh, you know, pushing him back, getting underneath his pads. Um, just a phenomenal player. Should be probably top two pick, maybe the top overall pick in any other draft. Uh that you you know, with with the quarterback needy teams, obviously, but but Anderson's phenomenal, man. Yeah. in a quarterback class like
1: last year where Travon Walker went, 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 went first overall. Like Will Anderson would have gone first overall if he was draft eligible last year. Like that's not a question. That's not even a question. He should have won the Heisman last year. Um, <laughs> for, the, for what he did last year. And again, his numbers did drop a little bit this year, but like Bama's talent across the board kind of dropped off. Like that was an odd, it's an odd Bama year. Um, and again, teams were keying on him. Um, but again, he's got, Real nice bend as well. Uh, his, his ability, his explosiveness is elite. Elite explosiveness. You don't see a lot of prospects with his ability to to get off the ball to inst- instantly uh, convert speed to power uh, when he gets into a dude's chest. Like he's got a great long arm, uh, great bull rush. But I, I also think his ability and his understanding of how to use his lower half to set up pass rush plans is extraordinary as well. Like he catches so many bodies. Well, with, by stemming inside with that first step and then burning around the edge. Um, just he catches a ton of bodies that way. Uh, I, I love Will Anderson. Again, I, I, I don't feel like we need to talk a lot about Will Anderson because everybody's known who Will Anderson is for two years. And it's not a surprise that Will Anderson's edge one uh, and and that we're talking about him in this high regard, because, again, it's, it's Will Anderson. So, um, yeah. Edge one. The same way when we did a defensive tackle class. Like we should have done that same structure where we did two through six because everybody knew Jalen Carter was one. But oh, uh sure. luckily we're gonna talk a lot about a lot of edge rushers here at the end too, because I mean this edge rush class is this edge rusher class is 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 a deep one. Um and that's that's good for teams who need pass rushers in day two, day or you know, second round, third round. Uh maybe even going into day three a little bit. Uh outside of those top five names, the same top five names that we both named, like there's probably eight or nine we other edge rushers we could have named. Um there are some there are two that I the two specifically that are getting first round hype that neither of us had in our top five. And so that's probably a good place to start. Uh but Devin, I'm interested in who were like six, seven, eight on your list.
0: Yeah. So for me, uh six, seven, eight, so it was um Keon White, Will McDonald, Lucas Vines. And that group right there, like, has endless potential. Like, I understand. Like, Keon White is 24 years old, going to be twenty five when he's in the league. Um, and I understand the 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 age and whatnot. But this man was two hundred and sixty five pounds. No, two hundred eighty pounds. pounds two hundred eighty five pounds. He's a big dude. He's pushing yeah. three bills. <laughs> yeah, and. He's running stride for stride with running backs down the field. Like, to me, like, I understand, like, some people don't get the first-round hype with him, don't think he's that great a player. To me, like, if you're running stride for stride with dudes, you're covering running backs out of the backfield at 280, 285. Um, I mean, there's even reports he was playing at 293 during the season. So, like, that that's not normal. <laughs> that is that is not normal. So Keon White for me uh is a guy that I I really like. Heavy hands, um plays some with some real power and was surprisingly explosive. Like mm-hmm. I I wish he would have done a little bit more while he was down at the senior bowl, but the, the day one was pretty solid from him. Um but but he he's really good, man. Uh Will McDonald, I saw him down at Mobile and and I watched this film beforehand. I, I will preface it. I watched the film beforehand. Obviously, the three-three-five structure at Iowa State did him no service. Dude should be just pinning his ear ears back and rushing to pass to every single play. Don't understand anything, any anything other than that having him play, um, you know, kind of head up or four I five technique. But then I saw him in, in Mobile, and I saw him actually being let go and they let him do his thing mm-hmm. dude is flexible uh you talk about gumby i think he he might be <laughs> gumby jr <laughs> you know Nick soldier um just crazy levers spin move obviously is go-to move but just the ability to win on the outside track you know just flatten uh you know down the line of scrimmage dropping coverage like he did in Mobile. I mean, dude is he's solidify himself as is a guy that I you know what, in in the right situation, I might take him to end of the first round and in and, and just really develop him. So he was really good. Lucas Van Ness, obviously too uh rotational guy didn't really start at Iowa, but but really, really explosive really good long arm as well um so those are the guys the next up guys for me uh with Zach Harrison just behind Van Ness but but man I I, I like those I like that group 6-8 a lot yeah we have the same 6-8 as well uh just
1: again in different orders I have Van Ness White McDonald uh as, as those guys and the reason I'm a little bit lower is because I didn't see a lot of a lot of ability to hold his own against the run, and so again, I think Donald can develop into a rotational pass rusher and even a starter, uh, even in like as a rotational, uh, even on run like obvious rundowns, early downs. I think he might have to get his start as a guy you'd look in on third down in obvious passing positions and pin his ears back, uh, because again, he his explosiveness has been uh, is is extraordinary. His ability to get after the passer is well documented um, but I'm I, I get blown off the ball quite a bit um, on on rundowns and so i, I have him a little, a little bit lower van ness and white though are, are like in that same tier as tyree wilson for me those overly explosive dudes who are just pretty vertical uh in in terms of of their ability to move honestly on white might be the most fluid out of all the three guys that i just which is wild because you know, again he's six foot four and a half and 280 pounds man but like i the, i saw this dude playing outside of his frame a pretty good deal uh, where my gripe with, with White comes in a little bit, again, he is—he'll be 25 as a rookie. Like that—that's—that's that's hard to look past. Uh, this is only his third year of football as a as a as a redshirt senior, a sixth year senior, uh, at, between Old Dominion and Georgia Tech. Like that—that's a little concerning. I wish his hands were a little heavier. Like he's a big dude. He's obviously really explosive, powerful. But like, I don't think his punch mirrored that, nor his ability to convert speed to power uh i was i actually thought he had a really nice repertoire of pass rush moves from chop rip to forklift like i thought he was doing some nice things with his hands uh you know his his placement when he did get into chest like the chest of dudes across from him was, was was nice i like his pad level uh i just wish his hands were a little heavier and i wish he he converted speed to power once he did get into the chest um and then harrison is kind of in that that or, i'm sorry mcdonald and harrison are, are are kind of in that fourth tier so like if i had to break it down by tiers of, of the names we have mentioned so for like will is tier one like that's that's the way it is and then for me i would say Ojalari murphy smith two wilson van ness white tier three mcdonald harrison tier four is probably how i would have it down uh Again, Zach Harrison did some nice things. He, there, there were a lot of expectations on Zach Harrison in 2021. Like the 2021 preseason, people were like mocking this guy as a top 10 pick. Again, because you hear the stories of, of how he ran like a 10 second 40 or 10 second 100 meter dash in high school in tennis shoes in the rain because they didn't have spikes that fit his feet. Like you hear stories like that of the, the freak athlete he is. And he's going to test really well in Indy. And people are going to, like, his, his stock's going to go up in Indy. But like, I felt like in 2021, he was trying to do too much. He didn't know who he was as a player. He was trying to prove that he could win outside track with bend. He was trying to prove all these things. And I think he really reduced his game in 2022 and learned, like, listen, man, I have massive arms. I am unbelievably explosive and powerful. Like, I just got to go through guys' chests. And again, when we're talking about, you know, the top five dressers, that's a gripe I have with, with Tyree Wilson is that I just go through guys' chests. But now we're talking about a fringe top 50 to 75 pick, like, in that range, like yeah, find what you do and do it well. And if you need a guy who needs to do some like one thing well, that's kind of where you draft guys in that range. I think Zach Harrison is in that range, and I think it's all really nice things with his hands. Uh, and like the the offensive tackles that he went against this season, like he's got a he's got an impressive resume. Skranc's on there. Jalen Jalen Duncan is on there. Broderick Jones is on there. Like we're talking about top tackle. He goes against freaking Dwan Jones and, and Paris Johnson every single day in practice too. Like those are that's that's the top five. Like that's. A, a good chunk of offensive tackle. I'm not going to put Jalen Duncan in the top five, uh, but like the, the good chunk of offensive tackles we're playing with too. So Zach, Harrison, I still think could shock some people with how high he could go, especially once next week's done. Like, I think Zach Harrison could still be a sneaky like top 50, maybe top 40 pick. Uh, but like at minimum that dude can play big end for you. That 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 dude's that did a three-down big end, like, at minimum. So uh, I think there's a lot to like with Zach Harrison as well.
0: Yeah, Harrison was a guy we talked about before the show or before the podcast started. And, uh, you know, one thing you talked about using his hands, like, he's a very cerebral rusher, too. Like, he understands, like, even in-game adjustments, like, you see him understanding like how they're attacking, and, and you talked about the top tackles. Obviously, Olu Fashanu, who went back to school, could have possibly been a top tackle too. And Fashanu did a pretty good job on him through those first three quarters. But then in the fourth quarter, you saw him understanding where he can beat Fashanu at, and he was using his long levers to essentially like prevent Fashanu from getting his hands on him and like hand fighting and be able to win back inside. So. Harrison was was really impressive for me because like he was a guy that, you know, you watched the first go around like, okay, he's he's probably gonna be a guy that just goes through people's chests and um, you know, kind of that type of rusher. But then you see him really work his hands and uh really develop over the course of a game. Like it's very rare you see a guy changing up how he attacks like from quarter to quarter, and he was doing that at at a pretty high level. So a lot of good things from from Harrison. Honestly, he he might be a guy that you know when we talk about edge rushers in a month or two, he might mix up mix up in my rankings a little bit. Not probably in the top five level, but but certainly through that six to nine area. Uh, but but Harrison was was really impressive too, man. Yeah, I man. I
1: mean, it's just a, a really good class. There, there's like so many names we get we could talk about that we just don't have the time to.
0: Like, yeah, Derek Hall is another <laughs> another guy too that like. And I tell you, like I'm not super high on him, but like he has fans out there. Like people really like what he does, and what he does, he does well. He's he's very mm-hmm. physical. Same type of dude. He's gonna go through your chest. Use that long arm to to really convert. Thought he could be uh, for what he did down in Mobile. You would think he is as good of a run defender as he was in Mobile. And at times it just didn't match up on film, like that Georgia game. Really struggle, you know. Like I, I thought he would be a guy that that really wrecked that type of game, that type of environment for them to to kind of have a chance. But it's a little disappointing what he brought to the table, uh you know, in some of his bigger games.
1: Yeah, Derek Hall. Again, his explosiveness is up there at the top of the class. Like that dude's linear explosiveness is 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 very good. Like it's great. But again, he's stiff as a board as well. He's another one of those guys that just has no flexibility in his hips whatsoever. Like that dude cannot bend. That dude has a little bit of ankle ankle flexion, but for the most part, like he's not playing outside of his frame very much at all along the outside track. Uh, and I just I don't think he knows what he's doing with his hands at all, man. Like I don't see any semblance of a pass rush playing Like that dude is exclusively bull rush and long, arm. and that's that's what you're gonna get. He's gonna run through you. And so I think again uh, in Mobile, he did an excellent job of of. Uh, in those run game drills of setting strong edges and locking out, and uh, really leveraging gaps, uh, gapping out, <laughs> like very, very good at it. Again, even in one on ones in mobile, like designed for pass rushers to kind of like show off what they got. Like, I didn't see a single run in like the pass rush drills, and like, man, man, that that's a good, that's a good counter, that's a good stack, that's a good, that's a good pre snap plan. Like, I. I don't think he knows what he's doing as a pass rusher or other than like, I'm going to, I'm going to put a bullseye on your chest and I'm going to go through you. And so I, 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 I can't overlook some of that stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he was a tough one. Cause like, you know, in the same breath, like I, I like dudes that kind of have that type of pass rush plan, but then like the handwork was just almost non-existent, man. Like, Mm-hmm. Come on. Like like you were, you were a big dude. Like you, you can get off these blocks and, and use your hands to, to fight back. And I just didn't see enough of that on film. And you know what, maybe he, he takes that step at the, the next level, but right now I'm, I'm just not seeing it. That like, I, I think he's certainly draftable in the top a hundred, but I think he's not going to be, obviously he's not as high on my list as, as some of the other players
1: he's getting first round hype like I I just recently saw him in a first round of a mock draft and I I can't I can't get there I that's two rounds earlier than I take him I I can't get there like I think he'd be a great like 75 to 10 like to 110 that that's his range 75 to 100 like yeah I could I could get on board with 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 Derek Hall there but like Boy, if you're taking him even in the second round, you better have a, you better have something figured out for him, like because he's got the game, like the he's got the play of a big end, but he he played exclusively the three four stand up rusher in college, like asking that guy to to put his hand in the dirt and play over to like across from the tackle, like that's that's different than he's anything he's ever done before. So like, but I also don't love him as, as a three four stand up rusher. Yeah, like, I I just don't like
0: I don't I, I don't, like I don't see him dropping in coverage. I just no. can't do it. So
1: he's a really tough one to figure out scheme wise. Like what does he do well and how does that line up with what he he's done in college and what he's going to be asked to do in
0: the NFL? Yeah. He, he's a tough one. Uh, any other names you, you can think of or you want to mention?
1: Yeah, man. And maybe we should, he's better like to mention it on the linebacker podcast, but like Nick Erbig is good out of Wisconsin. Nick Erbig is Talk about a dude who is a seasoned pass rusher, knows how to set up a pass rush plan, and knows how to execute to hit counters. Uh, I think he's, I mean, his play strength is, is bad because, but like if if Nick Erbig was two inches taller and 20 pounds heavier, we, we're probably talking about the guy in the first round. But again, he's listed, just listed at 6'2", 227, which means he's probably one and is going to be eating some peanut butter sandwiches to get up to 230 for the combine. Like that's that's sure. probably what we're talking about. Like, but man, his game is so good. He's explosive. He's bendy. He's got excellent hands. But the plus strength isn't there. The ability to convert feed to power isn't there, obviously, because that that element of physicality is not in his game. But like if some team can find out how to use him as like a base Sam linebacker, and in an obvious passing situations, you let him play on the outside shoulder of a big end. Like you've you've got a player. So like Nick Erbig's, I, I love Nick Ervig. Like he's a player I would pound the table for, but like he just isn't a top. 8, top 9, top 10 edge rusher in this class because of those physical limitations to his game. Uh, but again, I think there are very easy ways to scheme him into success uh, based on what he has on the tape. And again, for me, I think that's like if he's a base-sam linebacker where you still kind of let him line, you know, on the strong side off the edge um, and then let him pin his ears back on passing
0: downs. Like, dude's a player. So I would pound the table for Nick Ervig. Yeah, a guy that I like that disappointed me during the senior bowl week isaiah McGuire from missouri um i like some of his tools his, his hand work on film and and being able to win on the outside track but then he did none of that uh down in mobile like he he really struggled um you know like winning outside track you know even working back inside like these are things he did on his film you know like against the tennessee against georgia um and i thought you know coming down to mobile like okay maybe it's just coming out party you can can show that you can stack really good play but then it was kind of the opposite it was like he was almost invisible down there you like kind of forgot about him and, and what he was able to do so i'm interested to see you know one how he tests you know is, he, is it going to be any you know semblance of like okay, this is the film matching up with the testing? Like, like what's going on here? Like, right now, like, to me, like, coming in, like, he had a fourth-round grade for me, you know, before the – before Senior Bowl, but then, like, get some of the best competition. Like, I, it just didn't feel like – I don't It almost didn't seem like he belonged. So, like, now I think he's, like, maybe is he a six-, seven-round guy that, you know, is probably going to be a situational rusher? Probably, you know, at this point um so so he was a guy that to me like he did the opposite like you know how some guys like don't impress you a ton on tape and then they go down somewhere and and really impress you like he did the opposite for me so now i kind of wonder like how, how flexible are you like you know how refined are you as a pass rusher like there there were just a lot of questions for me you know especially after that week
1: yeah he was one of those guys, like there are always guys every week that's like, man, this guy hasn't won a rep all week. And unfortunately, like I, I felt that about this McGuire, And like I liked a lot of McGuire's twenty twenty-one tape. I haven't watched his 2022 yet, but like some of his 2021 tape, like he took Bernard Ryman to the shed, like when, when Missouri played for Michigan. And that guy went in the third round and he was getting freaking hype last year. Like and and I think Maguire beat beat him to hell for 60 minutes. Um yeah, I, I'm somebody that dive into his twenty-two to to kind of see where we're at but I think there are two more names Devin that we need to talk about because again it's a deep edge class and these are guys that frequently frequently get mocked top 50 and obviously it's not there for either of us but we need to talk about it uh and that's Felix Nudike Uzoma from Kansas State and Andre Carter of Army so uh, Devin where are you at with those guys
0: yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty low on on both of those guys um harder was a tough one because i really really liked his 21 tape like towards the end of that season like i'm like okay maybe this is a guy you know he come back comes back next year maybe he's a top 50 guy maybe he's you know sniffs the first round but man like the the build is 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 problematic you know like he can win on the outside track you know has has some ability to to do that and and you know, show some ability to counter, even on film, then the senior bowl, you know, just, it just wasn't consistent. Like he, he's going to be a liability you know, on running downs. Like he, he, I don't think he can, can hold up on running downs. I think he's going to be a situational pass rusher, especially early on. So for me, like, I don't, I don't see those guys going, like I can see him, like if he, Tests really well, bulks up a little bit, you know, adds a little bit to his frame. I can see him go in the top three rounds, but as it currently stands, I think he's a day three edge rusher, just based on him just being kind of a rotational guy. Um, So I've actually heard some really interesting things about Andre Carter, because I agree with you where he's currently at, like,
1: that you can't put that dude on the field on run like early downs, like you just can't, and uh, I mean, his lower half is twig like he's 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 a twig in his lower half like he gets blown off the ball in those those running situations but i did hear something because the army has like weight stipulations the, the academy has weight stipulations i've actually heard because he's six seven he's so tall that like he had to be so thin to get under those weight requirements and now that he's out of the academy i've heard that he has i mean he obviously has a frame to add a lot of mass that he could add mass quickly Which he desperately needs to do. But again, because the academy has those height weight requirements, he had to stay really thin to get under the, the, the weight requirements because he, he is just a massive dude. Um, so that's something I'm really interested in, interested in. But as it stands, yeah, man, that dude, that dude can't be on the field and and goal line situations, short yardage situations, and even like you just might have to put him on the field in obvious passing situations. And that's it to start his career.
0: Like I would be skeptical otherwise. For sure, um, I I haven't seen a ton on the Kansas State pass rusher, so I'll let you speak to him. Um, I didn't get to him yet. Yeah, I mean, people love him. I I mean, I think he's fine. I think he's
1: a solid. Like, if you need a guy who's an, a rotational edge rusher who can spot start if a guy gets hurt, if a guy goes do, go, if a guy goes down and you need a big end, uh, maybe he can even play some some seven, some nine. Like, yeah, I can see it. But again, I think he's stiff. He's, he's one of those other stiff guys. And I think there is some nice power. He does have a nice power profile, but I don't think he knows what he's doing with his hands. Like, uh, I think a lot of his, it goes back to a four sack game from a year ago. So like, but I, I mean, he replicated production this year. Another 11, 11 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks this year. Like he's a good, he's a good sturdy player, but I don't think one, I don't think he has a trait that really separates himself. Uh, I don't think his pass rush plan is nearly as refined as I would like it to be like, He's, he's pretty much a power rusher and he's he's just going to try to go through you. So it's hard for me to translate like that. I think he'll run well. I think he'll jump well at the combine. I don't know about anything else other than that.
0: For sure. I I mean, like I said, I haven't gotten to him, but I know there's a lot of top 50 buzz around him and, and you know, being pretty high. So definitely going to get to him. Um, probably not ahead of next week but but certainly uh in the next few weeks um as you start heading towards a draft but yeah man that that kind of puts a bow on on this edge class uh really talented group and, and it's always there's always 12 to 15 dudes that that you have to mention or talk about uh with the these classes because there's so many different styles and it's a premium position so so you're gonna get uh, a lot of different players and um you know kind of seen differently, you know, from person to person. It just really depends on on your flavor pass rusher. Sure. But yeah, man, that another great episode down here. So before we we head out, want to remind you to uh check our homage um on the Substack. Make sure to um use the link so we can get a little bit of money from that. But until next time, uh on the next episode we'll be talking a little bit about some of the guys that we're looking forward to most uh, testing down at the NFL combine Uh, before we uh, head out. Anything else you want to say, Corey?
1: Uh, Not really, man. Again, we're two episodes a week now. So we'll be back later again this week for, for a second episode. We've got, I think we've only got four more position rankings to go through. So we're, we're getting through that quickly. Um, I don't know what we're doing. We have not decided that, yeah, but you know, we'll we'll figure that out for for the next episode again. Combine next week, man. We're really on the home stretch. Like we are really on the home stretch, and I, I'm so excited, man. I'm I'm really excited. So uh, again, hopefully, we can come back post combine with some really fun stories to bring to the pod um,
0: about about shenanigans in Indy. But uh, other than that, I think that's it for now. For sure, man. Uh, make sure you uh, leave a a comment if you want a, a question asked. Here on the podcast, but until next time, Devin Jackson and Corey Kinnan uh, for the Daft On Drive podcast.